0: If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals performance dark chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high flavanol cocoa powder may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals dark chocolate bars and cocoa powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. There you'll find the extensive research behind cocoa flavanol's benefits and great recipes too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly rundown of questions that come to us via questions at drhoffman.net. With me today, Layla Mutin, because, well, the reason we call it Q&A with Layla is because Layla Mutin is our resident nutritionist. She's also a podcaster and a content developer for our newsletter, and so hopefully, Two heads are better than one when it comes to answering your questions, we as, hope, yes. as is usually <laughs> the case. So, um, how are you doing, Lila?
1: Okay, how are you doing? I can't believe it's the end of May.
0: Yeah, summer season has kicked off. Yeah. And uh, it's time to get down to the beach, get in the water,
1: yes. do a
0: little hiking. The weather's been delightful here in New York. We've had a respite from really hot temperatures, hopefully that'll last. So, uh, before we get into questions, uh, I want to share this article, which uh, I think uh, you as a nutritionist will appreciate. You know, sleep is really one of the fundamentals of health. Absolutely. And we know that uh, inadequate sleep leads to a whole host of problems. In fact, inadequate sleep uh, often leads to poor eating habits.
1: Absolutely. And weight gain.
0: And weight gain. Mm-hmm. and actually recently uh, you talked uh, to one of our patients and uh, I, but it's, this is one of the reasons why I do kind of a one two punch here is that I talked to the patient at length mm-hmm. and then you spoke to the patient's patient's diabetic is doing very very well yeah. but you know we always want to tweak their uh, lifestyle and diet and mm-hmm. talk about nutritional supplements anything else they can do and you uncovered in your detailed nutritional analysis the fact that there was some disordered eating. There was some nighttime yes. snacking and yeah. so on and so on.
1: Yeah. So there is some disordered eating there, some night eating in the middle of the night type of thing, which we need we talked about at length, because that also gets in the way of not only, you know, impacting blood sugar for somebody with diabetes, but uh, no chance for autophagy or autophagy. Tomatoes motto. Mm-hmm. Tomato? Right. However we want right. to say To occur which is the cellular house cleaning debris removal repair of DNA all of that good stuff that needs to happen as we sleep right and maybe what's missing in the prevention of our chronic diseases like Alzheimer's cancer all of that we're not fasting the required minimum of 12 hours every night and that's what needs to happen right right? because autophagy peaks at the 12-hour fasting mark
0: so, clearly, there's uh, an impact mm-hmm. of um, sleep on eating because mm-hmm. when you don't sleep enough, I notice this too, you know, like yeah. sometimes I'll take a a flight from uh, New York to Europe mm-hmm. and inevitably I may get, you know, at best, like a really good night's sleep on an overnight flight is like three and a half hours. Yeah. And then they wake you up early, they turn up the lights, you know, they feed you some yeah. kind of... Mm, you don't really feel like you have much of an appetite when you wake up, but they sure. want to feed you anyway before they land. And then you got to go through customs and whatever, and you got to make a connection. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I get really hungry. Yeah. You know, I'm just eating, 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 because I don't sleep that much. And then you try to extend that day because it's a lot uh, earlier mm-hmm. uh, there in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, you arrive, your body clock thinks it's uh, 6 in the, in the evening, and it's actually noon there. So, you yeah. try to power through the day, and I end up eating like 5, 6 meals, you know. Sure, yeah, sure. Because of lack Afterlife, of sleep. Yeah. yeah. So, but here's an interesting, uh, mm-hmm. it's a two-way street, mm-hmm. because this is, and I know that you will attest to this, because you've seen it again and again and again, is that diet impacts sleep, Yes. Sleep impacts diet and diet impacts sleep. Mm-hmm. So this one is great study. Uh, it is a randomized trial. Exposure to a more unhealthy diet impacts sleep. Microstructure during normal sleep. So microstructure means that sleep has a structure. There's a certain amount of REM sleep. There's a certain amount of non-REM sleep. They yeah. break it down into different categories. And there's an ideal structure And there's a not-so-ideal structure, sleep quality, not necessarily sleep quantity. Mm -hmm. So, what they found is that uh, in this study, oops, (laughs) my computer's a little balky here, Uh, they found that uh, there was uh, a, a real difference in sleep microstructure having to do with a healthier diet. Yes. So, really, I think an interesting study. What have you noticed, you know, time and time again, you, we've probably been told that when patients adopt a better diet, mm-hmm. that their sleep quality improves. Exactly. What, Actually, what's going on there? Oh,
1: uh, I, I wrote an article about it. If you want to uh, weigh less, you want to sleep better. The later we stay up, the, if we're working into the wee hours, the more we're exposed to that artificial light, the hungrier for carbohydrates we become and that's when the disordered eating begins. We start overeating at night, and then that of course will pack on the weight. But if we don't get a good night's sleep, that high cortisol will also keep us craving to some degree, because we're stressed. So not getting a good night's sleep may cause us to crave more, and staying up late equals not getting a good night's sleep and it becomes a vicious cycle
0: right that's really what starts to happen i I think one of the reasons why people sleep better on a better diet is because of blood sugar regulation and ups and downs of blood sugar can disturb sleep and that's one of the reasons why you know perhaps our patient woke up yeah uh, because he does have uh, type 2 diabetes doing a lot better but blood sugar fluctuations may still uh, impact him and he may wake up and low blood sugar and then go to the refrigerator to address exactly. it uh, but if we can kind of mm-hmm. calm down those peaks and valleys we actually may sleep deeper yeah and you know I got to say though that there are different patterns of sleep for different strokes for different folks there's some people who do sleep better with a little snack mm-hmm. and I know that that breaks into the tea time restricted feeding yeah uh, but what they can do then is that if they have a late night snack and sometimes i'll have like you know some berries with a little coconut yogurt and some nuts on top Uh and then i don't have hunger pangs when i go to sleep yeah um and then i wake up and i exercise and you know i can eat at 11 o'clock in the morning so i do get my time restricted uh, feeding but for some people uh they do better Without eating, going to sleep on an empty stomach because something about eating, you know, they're uncomfortable or you know, it bothers them. Yeah. But it's it's so you have to individualize it,
1: or you have to individualize it, especially those people who suffer with any kind of chronic heartburn. Yes, that's really advised not to have anything. Exactly. You know, as much as three hours before bed, it should be. It's a recipe for trouble. You know, even traditional Chinese medicine says it should be a whole five hours. Wow. That you know, we should all finish eating dinner by five and go to sleep at ten. That would be ideal, but it doesn't work for many of us, right?
0: Especially when we're up late at night watching oh. Succession.
1: Oh yes, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I watched the final. You did not, okay? So I have a poker face.
0: Spoiler on. alert! Spoiler exactly, alert! Exactly. Okay.
1: So exactly, you know, you have to uh, you have to make the time to take care of your circadian rhythms, your sleep schedule, so that you can eat better. Yeah.
0: Really? It's a two-way street. Because
1: when we're staying up late, we get munchy. We want to mm-hmm. be munching on stuff. And yeah. It's being around that artificial light all the time. I still love falling asleep at 9.30 at night. Mm-hmm. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. So what that I wake up at 4.48. It's almost five. So it's morning and it's, right. you could tell it's, it's like daybreak. The sun's yeah. not up yet, but it's getting lighter out. Yeah. And this is, this is the cycle now.
0: You have a circadian rhythm. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing to, yeah. to have in your body. All right. So um, let's proceed to questions. Mm-hmm. Questions, once again, come to questions at drhoffman.net.
1: Yes. Uh, this comes from Maureen. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, would you please explain exactly why someone with an autoimmune condition should not consume gluten or dairy? If one knew exactly why that is, perhaps one would be more compliant with that diet. It's such a great question. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the concept of molecular mimicry. Where the body is is seeing self-antigens, right, as foreign. And what happens is there are similar amino acid sequences that the body is recognizing. And and gliadin has a particular gliadin is the subfraction protein of gluten that is the problem and in dairy it is called casein casein and gliadin these are problematic because of molecular mimicry these two these two different peptides can spur in susceptible individuals obviously not in everyone but in susceptible people uh, an autoimmune reaction that makes them recognize that recognizes right. self as foreign right with gluten in celiac disease for example it recognizes in the disease, as foreign and attacks it right
0: but then in celiac disease you often see other accompanying autoimmune diseases True. it's not just the gut that is affected you'll see hypothyroidism you may yeah. see other autoimmune conditions simultaneously mm-hmm. so yeah
1: yeah and this is what happens and in dairy it's casein People think, oh, but I'm not having cow's milk; I'm having goat's or sheep's milk.
0: Mm-hmm. Any
1: animal milk contains casein,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and casein is the problem.
0: Right for some people, as far as for it. some people, for, exactly yeah.
1: for those who are who have
0: this. So the, yeah. the one of the guys who really formulated this is Dr. Alessio Fasano, yes. who is very pithily stated, uh, "What happens in the gut doesn't necessarily stay in the gut." Yeah, paraphrasing the Las Vegas mm-hmm. slogan. Uh, the idea being that uh, certain things that should not traverse the GI gut barrier yeah. can get into the systemic circulation via leaky gut syndrome yes. or increased intestinal permeability. And his, yeah. his contribution is that short of outright celiac disease, which is diagnosable via blood tests or a biopsy, that many people have kind of a what is called in medicine a form frust, a more mild form of celiac disease where they don't have overt celiac disease, but their tight junctions, which are designed to keep things out, become leaky, and they allow uh, various proteins Mm -hmm. to traverse into the systemic circulation where the body recognizes them as foreign, mount an attack, as you said, molecular mimicry. Yeah. But because these things may contain amino acid sequences that mimic yeah. the amino acid sequences, say, of the synovial membranes yeah. or of the brain yeah. or of the kidneys mm-hmm. or any organ that can become a target organ, yeah. including the heart, myocarditis. Yes. yes. Uh, these are autoimmune problems where yeah. the idea is, it you know, the analogy I sometimes use is that uh, there's a, a bank robbery in progress, and the security guards uh, fire at the uh, bank robbers, but inadvertently they hit some of the customers. Yeah. That's called collateral damage. Yes. And the collateral damage is to our tissues in autoimmunity. Yeah. And so we think that, and here's the other line of reasoning, is that we think that it is likely that in Paleolithic times, people had less autoimmunity. We traded uh, protection from pathogens, which often killed people at a very young age, yeah. then, yeah. for uh, a dysregulation of our immune system, so that our immune system uh, is not tied up fighting pathogens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you know, it's, it needs something to do, it and needs so something
1: to do, or it might get bored.
0: <laughs> right, exactly, and
1: that's the hygiene hypothesis
0: right fighting fighting yeah. uh, the pathogens fighting parasites mm-hmm. you if you look at uh, anthropological evidence and uh, the archaeological remains mm-hmm. of people who lived centuries ago, mm-hmm. a very high percentage had parasites even in the western world, yeah. you know, not necessarily in remote African places
1: yeah. Yeah. or in and some of these are part of the ecosystem, and others maybe not so much.
0: Right. Yeah. So so the body fought those things, mm-hmm. but had less time to attack itself, yeah. in effect. Yeah. But now our immune systems are idle mm-hmm. because we protect ourselves from pathogens yeah. with vaccines, with hygiene, mm-hmm. and therefore our overactive immune systems may seek a target, and the target may be ourself.
1: Yes. Right. It's but a, Yeah.
0: So, so, so the the and the and by the way, these foods are relatively unnatural in human history. That's the foods true. that we're
1: eating—they're new, mm-hmm. like ten thousand years ago or so. To complicate matters, Dr. Peter Green of Columbia, who was like the expert, also on celiac disease, mm-hmm. uh, he says in his book, I remember, and I think I'm quoting it right, that the the gluten chain, the gliadin chain, it's a, it's a thirty-three amino acid peptide that humans have a hard time digesting. Mm -hmm. So that's also contributing to any kind of inflammation. A
0: relatively modern food introduced maybe 10,000 years ago at best. Uh, And another factor that makes wheat more pathogenic to humans is the addition of glyphosate. Yes.
1: That's causing more gluten intolerance. We're seeing more and more of it. And that does play a role. Which
0: is used not just in GMO crops, but also as a spray, as a
1: desiccant, a
0: desiccant, yeah,
1: to help farmers harvest it. It kind right. of helps in the drying process mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in their machinery to help harvest and so forth. So there are a lot of things so, at play,
0: which has which may play havoc with the microbiome right. or may have a direct inflammatory or injurious effect in the gut. Causing leaky gut syndrome to be exactly. more pervasive. So there's a lot of theories about what's going on. Yeah.
1: True. Uh, another interesting thing on this topic, you know, a, a patient will say to me, and this has been more than one patient with a wheat allergy, a known wheat allergy, mm-hmm. who are actually symptomatic when they eat wheat. Then they take a vacation to Italy. Yeah. And they eat some pasta, and everything is eat- just fine.
0: That's right. I try just, a little bit of this bread, delicious French bread. It's yeah. so good. Just try a little bit. Yeah. And they're okay.
1: They're fine. Yeah. And they come back and they ask me why. What's mm-hmm. going on? I said, two things are going on. Yeah. Right. I said, A, you're on vacation and you're more relaxed. It gives you a little <laughs> better tolerance, number one. Yeah. Number two, the gluten is less pervasive. It's not so hybridized. Yes. The wheat crop mm-hmm. in Europe or at least in Italy, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's a little less gluten than, than you're eating. That, that mm-hmm that you're ingesting over there. So, that could have... That could be plain. Yeah. You know, there's a whole And, and
0: also, that. the yeah. relative restrictions on the use of herbicides in Europe. They're a little more stringent. They're a little more yeah.
1: conscious of all of that, thank heaven, as opposed to here, uh, unfortunately. So, yeah, you want to go organic if you're eating this stuff as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So, Maureen, this is the reason for... The gluten and dairy thing—it's the gluten and casein thing that are problematic in, in the body.
0: And if you want more information on, it, you can just go okay. Google autoimmune paleo diet. Yeah. And there's the rationale should be the rationales so, there.
1: There's a wonderful book by Dr. James Fraley called Dangerous Grains. Oh, okay. And I know it used to be in part of your library in your dispensary mm-hmm. at the time, Dr. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. actually a beautiful book. Uh, Maureen, if you want to revisit wait, that. Wait,
0: wait, hold it. Yeah. It's right there. It's it? actually here, Great. right over here. Great. You want to just reach over and grab yeah. it? Can you I unhook can your microphone?
1: Unhook my microphone and grab it here.
0: Because it's it, there's in the yes. corner of our bookcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, why Gluten Cereal Grains May Be Hazardous to Your Health. Uh, James Braley and Ron Hogan, MD. Yeah. Ford by Jonathan Wright. And it's I can see just by the the tarnishing of the pages; it's a little old.
1: Yeah, but it's a terrific book. T- two thousand two.
0: Two thousand
1: two. So not that old, but you know, it's it's it, it's absolutely a, a, a terrific read for anybody who's wondering why, what's up with gluten, what's going on, so forth. It it does a they give a beautiful explanation mm-hmm. on all of that.
0: And some people do well on just going beyond gluten; it's a completely yeah. grain free diet.
1: Yeah, they do much much better. Yep. Yeah
0: all right uh so good point of which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you so here goes listen up this episode of intelligent medicines brought to you by propax gold with nt factor a complete vitamin and mineral formula nt factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue whatever the cause age illness or just being run down NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45 day money back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800 982 9158, 800 982 9158, or go to NTFactor.com. That's NTFactor.com. Thanks for listening. To- Thanks for supporting our sponsors today, of course, on what makes intelligent medicine a free resource to you. And now back to our questions.
1: This comes from Joanne. Can I take both bergamot and Cholestipure Plus together? I've received some great numbers from blood work taking bergamot, but I still can't get the LDL and the total cholesterol to go down. Cholestipure Plus contains phytosterols. And berberine, and a little bit of bergamot, not as much as would be in a regular bergamot capsule. It's a good, which is typically it's a, a gram. Good combo. Yeah, which is nice. It's but it's only a, a, about 160 milligrams of bergamot in the cholesterol pure. Okay. Us. So, Joanne, yeah, you can it's take
0: bergamot a little, plus a little more bergamot. Exactly.
1: Plus a little more bergamot, you know. Uh, it will be
0: equivalent you can't over D on O D on bergamot. No, it's kind of hard. I mean, you could
1: drink a pot of Earl Grey tea or something.
0: Well, that's that actually is the fragrance in Earl that Grey is, tea, yeah, bergamot, and delicious. it apparently comes from like Southern Italy, Sicily. That it's a yeah. citrus.
1: Yeah, it's a citrus fruit mm-hmm. uh, from fruit, uh, some kind of uh, uh, essence from that. So, jo- Joanne, go ahead, but. If you're wondering about your LDL, the total, all of that kind of thing, you need to look at your diet too. Okay. Make sure that you're eating in the right way to help you with your lipid profile if, if you're concerned about that. Okay. Oh, here's a wonderful question. This comes from Carol. I'm a 76-year-old woman in good health. I follow many of the supplements that Dr. Hoffman recommends and I eat well. I also have hypothyroidism for which I take medication. My nails are in poor condition, often get splitting, dryness, they look terrible. Do you have any suggestions on how this can be remedied or is it a consequence of age? I want to know her ferritin level.
0: Mm -hmm. Because many deficiencies may have to do with nails or disease states. And there are other disease states besides hypothyroidism that can affect nails. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You know, unless you're dishwashing all day long or dipping your hands in some kind of toxic cleaners and things, yeah. You want to look to see if you're low in any other, maybe if you have other micronutrient deficiencies. Or, yeah, a lot of disease states are shown. By the condition right. of
0: biotin, certainly, yeah. essential fatty acids, zinc.
1: Poor zinc, you yeah. white dots or spots or mm-hmm. something like that, for example. So get checked out for that. Especially the dryness factor. she could be low in essential fatty acids as well, besides possibly iron.
0: And and then yeah. you know, the other possibility is that she may not be optimally or adequately treated for her hypothyroidism. Yeah. You know, that it's, mm-hmm. her, she may not be a good converter of T4 to T3 and not get enough T3 in her tissues, which could affect nail quality. So okay. there's a bunch of stuff.
1: There's a bunch of stuff, yeah. Carol's so Good. thank you for this very thoughtful question.
0: Okay. Good point at which to end part one, because we divide our podcast into two parts. And give us a little preview of what we're going to talk about in part two, and then I'll make an announcement.
1: How would you advise safely reducing... The blockage in my LAD via supplements. Wow. A blockage
0: stint. in LAD. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll take that up in just a moment, but uh, just a reminder that, you know, we talk about supplements here. You know, we talked about, you, know, you mentioned Colesta Pure. Pure. You know, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little hard to track down. You can find them um, in my full script dispensary yes. at Uh because there we stock all of the highest quality supplements and some of them. Are actually kind of hard to find, and also you can rely more in terms of quality because you kind of you kind of pays your money and takes your chances when you go to alternative sites now, Especially exactly. Amazon has been rife with oh. uh, with fraud, and here, here's another Absolutely. thing that happens: is there's a lot of theft at vitamin stores these days, so people are then reselling stuff on Amazon, and you can get cheaper prices, but you don't know what you're getting. And stuff may have been sitting around in a hot you know, trunk of a car mm-hmm. for you know Maybe a couple the of weeks. Days have been yeah, with... who knows? And then you know, literally the outright fraud where there's no uh, active ingredients in a product.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: so, got to be careful. Uh, buying through Fullscript also offers fast free shipping. We've arranged that for our mm-hmm. uh, listeners and for my patients and yours. And we use Fullscript. I just ordered from yes. Fullscript, and you know, it comes in a couple of days. And. It's all good. All right. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.